This is your host, Dale Josie, and welcome to the third season, episode one of Aging with Grace 55 Plus. This podcast series is made possible by AARP Kentucky, DPL Financial Partners, and Today's Transitions Magazine. For more information, visit todaystransitions.com to read their winter edition titled Comfort including the article Dream of the Possibilities, which is quite appropriate as we ring in a new year. Past episodes of Aging with Grace 55 Plus can be enjoyed on my website, awg55.com, Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. In this episode, Bob Hill reflects on an esteemed career that includes writing 4,000 newspaper columns and the eight-acre Hid Hill Nursery and Sculpture Garden, now closed after 19 years. Hidden Hill was truly a whimsical source of rare plants and art that he created with his wife, Janet. Then, closet and space organizer Ashley Goode from Ashley Organizes returns to discuss the calm that comes from organizing living space into what she calls a minimalist safe haven. So, with a deep heartfelt thank you to each one of my sponsors for making this series possible, let's get after it. Meaning welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of Aging with Grace 55+. Plus. Recently, I read a very good book called Self-Care, a journal to reclaim your time to rest and rejuvenate. And there's a series of essays in here I'd like to share with you as follows. You were put on this earth to live a radically fulfilling, purpose-driven, joyful life. You are worthy of this kind of life. You deserve to wake up each day with excitement, coursing through your body and spirit in anticipation for what lies ahead. Unfortunately, this kind of life is so elusive for many. In our distracting, fast-paced, and demanding world, it can be so easy to put yourself last, right? You may find yourself putting your needs at the bottom of an ever-growing, ever-demanding to-do list. Maybe you actively prioritize the needs of everyone else above your own. And then perhaps... Doing this, you're depleted at the end of the day, simply exhausted from trying to satisfy everyone else but yourself. Remember, we're not talking about selfishness in terms of satisfying yourself, but we're talking about self-care in terms of taking care of yourself so that you're in a better position to help others. Because you see, when we talk about self-care, many of us struggle with how much attention and care we need to give to ourselves. And we often a lot, oh, so much less than what we actually require, right? This overextension and underestimation of needs can lead to feeling burnt out, like you have no control in your own life, constantly reaching for things we want rather than the bare minimum we need to survive and providing ourselves with more than time and space can help us feel more active participants in our own lives. So by becoming more aware of our surroundings, 
I challenge you to begin to work to process difficult emotions. I challenge you to begin building healthy boundaries. And I challenge you to then begin pursuing the things that make your soul sing. And you can apply all of these as you attempt to self-correct a life that feels out of hand. Again, we're not talking about being selfish and being consumed with yourself. We're talking about self-care, which is, a, which is which is a totally different proposition. And how do we begin to take to take charge? How do we begin to adopt self-care? According to Steve Maraboli, he writes, "The greatest step towards a life of simplicity is to learn to let go." So I challenge you today. Let's learn to let go and let's become more of a human being and less of human doing. Welcome again to uh, episode uh, one of season three of my podcast series, Aging with Grace 55 Plus. And for followers of my series, and I appreciate you folks who are downloading it and enjoying it via. Uh, my pop my, via my website awg55.com or also who are enjoying it by apple google or wherever you subscribe to podcasts you'll know that we enjoy a different collection of guests everyone's calculated to bring something to the table that's very interesting and unique and this morning i have the pleasure and honor of interviewing bob hill and when you talk about interesting and unique you're going to learn in just a very few minutes of why this exceptional man uh, is going to be a true gift to interview him this morning. With Without further ado, Bob Hill, how are you, sir? And welcome to Aging with Grace. Uh, I'm happily. Life's never been better for me. I'm going to be 80 here in the next couple of days. Married to the same incredible woman, supportive woman for 60 years. Our daughter is just elected to the uh, House of Representatives in Michigan. My son takes pictures for the Washington Post. I'm really involved in the Botanic Garden in downtown Louisville. I'm writing books. I just got done writing a book about David Jones. I'm working on my children's books now. Wow. We have gardens we're, we're working on here. And uh, pretty much, you know, I got a few old folks ailments, as everybody does. But uh, I can honestly say we've never been more happy or, or better in my life than I am right now. Well, I tell you what, and what a life indeed it has been, my friend. Um, you moved uh, in 1975 to Louisville, Kentucky to work at what was then the uh, Louisville Courier Journal and the Louisville Times newspapers. Right. Uh, and that's where I first met you when I worked for uh, KET, a statewide television network. And in your, over your career, Bob, it says that you've written more than 4,000 columns and hundreds of feature stories for the Louisville newspapers over a 33-year career. That's impressive, sir. Well, I'm just easily bored. Uh, <laughs> you know, again, I'm blessed. I'm doing exactly what I should be doing in life in a place I love to do it. Mm -hmm. How many people get to say that? And when you're a columnist, they pretty much, if you do it right, they leave you alone. I, mm -hmm. I go into work at 5.30, 6 in the morning, write my column and try and get the hell out of there before any editor showed up. Question <laughs> me, and, uh, It worked really well. And you know, I, I got to travel quite a bit around Kentucky. My first job was Kentucky columnist. I'm the only Hoosier ever to do that. And I, I'd get my pickup truck on a Monday morning and just take off for two or three days and just drive all over Kentucky. And if I saw a guy out in the field plowing with a mule, I'd stop and talk to him or I'd hang out in country stores, which is always a great source of stories. Mm -hmm. I met a couple married 80 years sitting around in one of those stores and I went to their house and they were both there. And uh, 
they were in their 90s and, and very welcoming and had a great time talking to them about their life. So I would just, whatever was out there, I'd write about it and, and put it in the paper and, and they used it. Well, I tell you what, I, this is a tough question for me to ask you, but I'm going to ask you what was your favorite article because out of out of uh, 4,000 columns, I, I don't know. Is, is that like asking you which one of your children is your favorite? I mean, is that kind of the sit synonymous with that? It's almost harder. It's impossible to do that. Uh, I guess my favorite genre would be slice of life stuff. I'd go, well, I remember going and sitting in a restaurant one day in Louisville in the Portland area. And a lady came in and she raised chickens and she's just sitting there in this restaurant talking about raising her chickens. And I'm on the next table over taking notes. And the reaction, she had been there like every day for 12 years in a row and all the locals knew each other as happens in those places. And it was just kind of fun to write down their reaction and her reaction to the chickens. And I got to go to her house and see her chickens and uh, things like that, that they're really, there's, there's stories there. You know, it sounds like, pretty mundane stuff, but it's not. It's mm -hmm. slice of life. It's what what we're all about in a lot of ways. Well, you were able to capture that slice of life, and I dare say that's what uh, earned you the uh, Ernie Pyle Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Society of Newspaper Columnists, in addition to a raft of other uh, awards. But that's very impressive. Not everybody can earn that level of a L Ernie uh, Pyle Lifetime Achievement Award, considering his pedigree. Well done, sir. Well, yeah, that was just a, a blessing. And uh, I belong to a group called the National Society of Newspaper Columnists, which was founded in Louisville by a guy, Richard Desrusso, was a columnist back then. And it was a great collection of people. There's nothing more fun than being in a room with 30 irreverent columnists all picking on each other for hours at <laughs> a time. You, you have no chance. I mean, that's just, just fun. Uh, the cheerful cynicism is what keeps us going. And, uh, that's what defines columnists, really. Yeah, cheerful sentence, cheerful, cheerful cynicism. cynicism. Cynicism, yeah. Gives you a different outlook on life, does it not? Slightly well, irreverent, slightly irreverent, cynicism, maybe. Uh, underneath that cynicism, we all really care. We want to change things. We want to make things better. But you know, it's kind of like being a, in a way, like being a police officer. You go out there for eight hours and. You have to face these the crime and the different victims, and I've done that uh, as a police reporter. And you just have to somehow get away from that and get back to your life. And I, I won't. I'd go home and coach little league for five years. So, mm -hmm. you know, you need the rest of that to balance it out. Well, it looks like you've come quite far from a small town young man from uh, Sycamore, Indiana, with the Sycamore High School. You won. Looks like uh, 10 varsity letters in four sports, football, basketball, baseball, and track. So you were quite uh, the athlete, Bob, dare I say that? It was actually Sycamore, Illinois. And uh, yeah, well, in a small town, if you can walk, you play two sports, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was blessed. We, we, had, uh, uh, we had two undefeated high school football teams, and I had a couple of Big Ten offers in football. I ended up playing basketball at Rice University in Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, and... You know, that was, that was a trip. I was leaving the small town in Illinois, and I'm off to Houston, mm -hmm. which at the time was uh, under a million people, actually. It hadn't really taken off yet. Mm -hmm. I got married between my sophomore and junior year. My wife, we were high school sweethearts, and I'm down in Texas, and she's up in Illinois, and we just couldn't take it anymore. We're only 18 and 19, which was absolutely stupid. We, we didn't have to get married, <laughs> but we just, and it's, it's worked out so well, uh, you know, uh, she supported me the whole 60 years and made it all so much easier. Mm -hmm. 
I think that might be a show in and of itself on uh, Aging with Grace, how to survive marriage for 60 years. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> tell you about it. I'm almost worth it now. It took a while, but. <laughs> You're <laughs> almost yeah. worth it, huh? <laughs> yeah, she uh, and our kids are just doing so well to us. Yeah. When you get old, you, you look back at what really matters. And it's, it's family, it's your children, and the success they've had. Uh, you know, say my daughter's elected to office. My son takes pictures for the Washington Post, and Jan, Janet, my bride, is very active. And uh, she's a quilter. She sews. She quilts. She grew up on a farm. She's kind of, and I mean this in the best possible way. She's kind of old school, mm-hmm. uh, right? Foundation and. Uh, so we've grown up together. Well, that's really good. I think that's how you survive a marriage or anything else growing together. Cause either, yeah. either it's going to pull you apart or it's going to blow you. It's either going to pull you together or blow you apart. I submit. Yeah. I have a lot of catching up to do. She was way ahead of me early on about <laughs> this maturity thing, but we finally got there. Well, you guys finally got there as well. In addition to establishing a hidden hill nursery and sculpture garden. So what's the arc from being a columnist, a, an award-winning columnist, to establishing Hidden Hill Nursery and Sculpture Garden in Southern Indiana. Well, that goes back to, again to where we grew up in Illinois, a uh, small town in Illinois. And Janet worked on a, lived on a farm when she was a kid, and I worked a couple summers on a farm milking cows, and that was an experience. I could talk two hours about that, but <laughs> that that was fun. And, and you just learn to go with the rhythm of the seasons. In the spring, you plant the crops, and up the corn comes, and the beans, and then. In the fall, you cut them down, and there's all that black dirt again. And I got in our, our bones, and we moved to Indiana. We bought six acres in an 1860 farmhouse in Indiana. Uh, and we're now in the 40th year of a five-year remodeling plan on the house. <laughs> well, anyway, the gardening thing kind of grew from there. We liked working in the dirt, both of us. And uh, I said, what the heck, let's start a nursery. Uh, and we just... Went from there, you know, I like to joke about that. It's been, uh, it was 20 years of unintentional nonprofit status, pretty much running the thing. But we had a good time, met a lot of good people. It's hard to find a bad gardener. It really yeah. is. They're just, they're just kind of giving, loving in the soil people. And uh, so I met a lot of wonderful people that way, too. Mm-hmm. For our guests, uh, if you're tuning in just now, we have the pleasure of interviewing Bob Hill, uh, Bob is an award-winning journalist for the former Courier-Journal and the Louisville Times newspapers. Uh, he has written more than 4,000 columns and hundreds of feature stories for the Louisville newspapers over a 33-year career. Um, Bob, as we we're talking about, and I'm so glad you're on our show, This, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Bob. Um, so when you talk about digging in the dirt, and you also began winning awards as an arborist. Uh, I read that someplace as well, that you're recognized for your skill and talents in that area. Yeah, that, that was kind of a, a happy surprise. There's, there's local gardening association. This was a national garden association. A lot of that, I wrote a garden column for many years, too, called Down and Dirty. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I wrote a weekly column in, in the paper, and, and that, that got me a little recognition. And it was always kind of tongue-in-cheek. It was more the fun part of gardening. It wasn't boring recitation of this and this and this and this i'd write about plants that lived plants that died plants that disappeared and uh, and all that in between so that was just part of it I, I was linking my passion for gardening with my passion for writing and uh, i did two books with a member a guy named fred wishy were you around then of course i remember fred wishy okay yes. well, fred, fred and i we did two gardening books uh 
I was just intrigued. I wanted to write a book, and I saw Fred on the air all the time. And I went and talked to him, and I said, look, you got all these scripts. Let's just put them into a chronology of month to month, what to do in your garden every month. And it was put up Fred Wishy, the weekend gardener. And uh, we sold, honestly, about 30,000 books in the mm-hmm. local area, I think. The deal was every gardener got four Fred Wishy books for Christmas. I think that's how that <laughs> But um, Fred was a great guy, uh, very humble and fun. And, and I had a radio show with his daughter, Janine, for a while on, mm-hmm. on public radio. That's right. Exactly. Gardening. And another radio show we did, uh, Bob Shulman and Bonnie McCaffrey and I did a show called On Good Authority. <laughs> for half an hour or an hour, once a week, we'd pop off about how we felt about things. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. We lost both of them. Now, Bonnie and Bob are both gone, so I kind of miss them. But that was fun. But you're continuing You're continuing the tradition. And I heard somewhere that you really haven't died until people stop speaking your name. So you're, <laughs> you're continuing sharing their names, well, which means they're still I, alive. I you're exhibit A of this. I, I was, here you came. And, and then uh, it's funny, a, a man from the St. Matthews, St. Matthews magazine, I believe it was, just called me this week and, and wanted to talk to me about you know my life as, as a writer so yeah it's nice and when i go out in public uh, i still everybody over 70 knows me mm-hmm. <laughs> i've been gone like 14 years hard to believe that's that's what happened but uh so but, the, but what career. i but what i like bob is that you know you stay relevant you know you retire from one thing your yeah. passion continued to even today from being a recognized writer and a columnist you also have a delightful blog uh called uh, for for listeners it's called farmer bob's blog news events gardening tips and more uh which is i guess is an extension of hidden hill nursery which closed in 2018 is that right yeah i can't basically i can't shut up is what it amounts to my, my latest gardening passion, I've been involved with the Louisville Botanical Gardens downtown there for 10 years. When I joined the board 10, 12 years ago, it was just eight people sitting around a table in, in downtown Louisville uh, at, at that big building along the river where there used to be a gravel pit. Mm-hmm. And now we have this incredible arboretum, this incredible buildings, uh, 6,000 plants, and we're getting ready to build a Japanese garden. Mm-hmm. So I get to be part of that too, uh, you know. Wow. The, the excitement of doing that, and that's part of the give back. I, I think it's important in life if you've been blessed and happy, and your kids are doing well, you've been married for a long time. You want to give back to people. You want to say thank you for something that will endure and live past you. And mm-hmm. certainly, botanical garden is a way to do that. Well, I want to leave our listeners with a, a snippet from uh, from your uh, ten chickens are the right garden art for us from your farmer bob's blog which reads as follows i started collecting garden art with even more modest goals the nearby ohio river provided limestone fossils from the devonian era anything that has been around more than 400 million years seemed like a worthwhile investment in time and dirty shoes and then bob concludes bob hill concludes once there driftwood also became fair game it floated in from Pittsburgh and beyond, its bark washed smooth, its stunted limbs offering a polished ballet with previous performances upriver in Cincinnati, Ohio, and Madison, Indiana. That's absolutely beautiful, Bob. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah, it was called a garden rant, actually. And uh, uh, yeah, that's just been fun. I got another one coming up. I uh, 
uh, there was a big, short story that there was a bunch of stumps at the bottom of the hill where I live, and they're big hollow stumps that make planters. And I couldn't figure out a way to get them home. And I finally, the, the city street department in Utica picked them up for me and brought them home because they said, you're a taxpayer and they're in a way you can't, we can't mow the grass with those stumps in the way. So things like that, you know, it just keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Well, I am certainly honored and I appreciate your time uh, this morning. And uh, Bob, if someone wanted to follow your blog or visit your website for uh, Hidden Hill Nursery, how can they see your, read your information? Well, the Hidden Hill Nursery is gone now, but the garden, and there's a lot of people, it's called Garden Rant, R-A-N-T. And there's seven or eight really good gardeners share that space, and uh, I'm just one of them. Well, very good. We encourage folks to visit Garden Rant, as I certainly will. And I really appreciate your 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 uh, being on my show this today, uh, Bob. Considering that you've been on National Public Radio, MSNBC, Dateline, NBC, uh, you've also written two books on your columns: Old Friends, Stone Walls, and River Music. Two separate books. And I think you know, in keeping with our age, I think I'm going to pick up the, uh, the the stylus on the record right now. And when you come back, we're going to drop the stylus back in there, my friend. And we'll talk about some of your books because this has been an absolutely delightful interview. I truly appreciate you, Bob Hill. Thank you for your time. Well, let's let's do it again. Well, listeners, that's where we welcome our next uh, guest, uh, Ashley Good, who's a professional organizer. We'll find out more from her in a moment because you know what? You're probably like me, right? Everybody has tons of stuff. And how do we get rid of tons of stuff? Um, my wife and I, we recently downsized from a very large house into 2,800 square feet condo. It's lovely. It's nice. But you know what the challenge was? The challenge was getting rid of stuff that we had accumulated and that we actually really loved. Yeah, I, okay. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe I love some of it more than my children. No, not really kids. But at the <laughs> end of the day, Ashley, you know, it was like that defines who I am. And so you heard Ashley's delightful laugh there. We're going to welcome Ashley Goo to Aging with Grace. And we're going to talk about psychological and other issues around the accumulation of stuff. And before we get there, Ashley Good, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful. Thanks, Dale. Well, thank you for returning to our show. We had a lot of fun last time. We really one. did. And so we're going to have the same kind of fun today in discussing a very challenging topic that I submit gets even more difficult as we get older. So before we get there, Ashley, you are a professional organizer, yes? Yes, I am. And so what does that mean exactly? What do you do, madam? Um, I help people streamline their lives. So I can help them in a number of ways. I can help with their um, their physical spaces. You know, we help just um, kind of take a look at everything, purge, streamline, and kind of set up a new structure so that things function well. And uh, but I can do anything. I also will go in and kind of set up uh, things so that people's finances are in order. Their um, you know, uh, lifestyle, like food choices help get everything on task so that you can run like a family, um, mm-hmm. kind of help, you know, get a grocery list and a system with the pantry, the whole nine yards. So it kind of runs the gamut from mm-hmm. just daily things to, um, the overall functionality of your house. 
mm-hmm. because I, I do say like when you streamline your life, you know, things just kind of slow down and you don't run at this hectic pace, you know, and um, there's kind of a sense of calm mm-hmm. when everything is organized, everything has a place, everybody knows how it works and you kind of get rid of some of the vis- visual distraction, mm-hmm. you know, that you can have if you have so much clutter and piles that yeah. are kind of nagging at you. And that's a good point, nagging at you, because you look across the room, you'll see a pile of magazines, look across the room, there's a stack of clothes. And it's, yes. it's, and it's not, a, it's not even a, uh, uh, it's not even like a, a soft moan, right? It's like a, it's right. like, a, it's like it's screaming at you. It's like, the, how about this, Ashley? All yes. these piles, maybe they're like monkeys at a zoo, right? And the more <laughs> monkeys you have, they're all going crazy and they're all distracting you, right? With all that screeching. They are. And then I think you can't actually sit down and relax and enjoy your space. You know, your, your house has to be kind of like a safe haven, your nest, something nice to come home to at the end of the day, a place for you to recharge. And so when you've got all of these piles or monkeys, you know, you really can't just, you know, you can't turn things off. You, you're you constantly, it's kind of in the back of your mind, like, oh, I need to address that or, oh, you know, that's on my to-do list, but you really just want a place to just relax. I always say, um, people, you know, I say one of the reasons you like going away on vacation is because you're in these, you know, um, Airbnbs, hotels, spas, you know, they, they have very few things. You you actually get a chance to turn your brain off and just connect with what, is going on in the world and not kind of have all this visual noise, visual noise, visual noise, which in a minimalist space is what you're describing. You, that's yeah. what we need to strive for is a minimal minimalist space to cut down all the, all the visual noise. Yeah. Just all the noise. It's just, yeah, you just want to break. <laughs> How many years have you been doing this? It'll be seven. Okay. Seven years, seven years. And in that time, Ashley, uh, you've come into, you've met a few hoarders. I have, I have. Which was the worst hoarding case that you had to deal with? Well, I can handle things when you think of a hoarder, um, there's the psychological aspect. So it's just not being able to let things go. So I'm as an organizer, uh, you need somebody with a, um, I can organize, but you need somebody else with the mental health aspect for something like that. If they're really unable to let things go, but I've been in homes where I've questioned when I've seen, when I've walked into it or they've sent me pictures, I, I wonder if this is a, you know, a hoarder house that I won't will or will not be able to affect change. Um, and, Sometimes I I think, well, I, you know, I, I worry if this is one that I can handle or do I need to turn it over? But as long as people are willing to let things go, even if they, I've been in a few houses where you actually can't really, there's literally just a path and you would think that they're hoarders, mm-hmm. but they've just kind of gotten behind the curve and their, you know, life has thrown some curveballs with um, the pandemic, depression making um space in your house to work from home like a lot of things have built up and so it can seem or somebody's family member dies and they inherit all the things that occupy their space 
And so as long as they're willing to get rid of things, I've been in houses where it's been wall to wall, but they have worked diligently and they're absolutely able to let things go and kind of at the beginning of the process, it's difficult for them, but as they move on, it becomes very freeing and then a momentum builds. So I've been in some, some houses where (laughs) can't even turn around in them. So yeah. And, you know, and it's sad, you know, uh, as I mentioned, you know, it's almost like, um, stuff defines who we are instead Absolutely. of us finding definition and purpose in ourselves. It's almost like the accumulation of things defines us. And that seems very superficial, but yet that's part of the psyche of being who we are. Well, and a lot of times people think, well, I just love this stuff and I can't get rid of it, but on the the other hand, it's making them crazy. It's making them terribly unhappy, you know, because they, they have no space in their house. And so it's kind of like a, you know, trying to find that balance in life. I always say, just, you know, I always say, I just really want you to just, you know, trust me (laughs) to just, if you take a leap of faith and trust me that if we start to get rid of these things and you live in the space, then you really will feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. That's because good. it is a leap of faith to let things go that have defined you. Yeah. That's a good point. For our listeners who are listening to Ashley Good of Ashley Organizes. Ashley, what's your email or, or what's, I'm sorry, what's your website where folks get a hold of you? It's uh, ashleyorganizes.com. Very simple. Ashley Organizes. <laughs> I like back to your minimalist point. Even your yes, website, I've streamlined it. Yes. Even your website, you've you've stream you've streamlined it. Oh, uh, yes. there's a, there a wonderful quote I saw, and I thought about you uh, in our interview today. Uh, the quote was: "The easiest way to organize your stuff is to get rid of most of it." The easiest <laughs> way to organize your stuff is basically to get rid of most of it. Basically, pitch everything, right? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. There's- that yeah yeah you know but i i I found some boxes and we were moving which we had not opened from our first house uh yeah yeah and so guinevere was like pitch that get rid of it i said well okay i'm gonna throw it away right because if you haven't opened it in 25 years you don't need it ashley right right and what did i do i peeked inside the box and i said (laughs) oh wait a minute i can't throw this away oh there's that that's what i was look where did that go oh look at them and all of a sudden I had repacked the entire box. I don't tell my wife, but it's downstairs lurking in the bottom of the space. <laughs> it's also there with, I shared it with you last time. Remember my high school trophies? Your started? high school, yes. And she, we were, I threw them away at the first you house. Did? I did, and then they came back. I threw them away at our second house. <laughs> came back. And I hate to say, I threw them away on this last move. They're still here, Ashley. They're <laughs> back. They're back down there. How do you throw that away? These are trophies that I earned on the debate team in high school. You can't just throw that away, right? But on the other hand, you can't display it. Hey, buddy, look at what I got. 19, you know. So what do you do with it, Ashley? Help me. Well, help actually, me. You you can do some clever things with that because those trophies take up an inordinate amount of real estate, you know? So, yep. They do. Like they take up some space. So um a lot of times I'll just remove the plaques from all of them. Hmm. And um, with like a razor and a box cutter, I'll take them off and then, you know, put them in a shadow box kind oh. of thing, oh, which is you. really good because then you get to see all of your awards um, 
kind of lined up and Mm -hmm. cohesively and in one place. Mm -hmm. And it's nice because it doesn't, you know, those things are big and bulky and they take up an amount of space. But I always like, I respect if you want to keep it, I get Mm -hmm. that, but let's, let's do it in a way that you can actually see it and enjoy it, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for that free advice. Uh, you, you may have, you may have uh, removed the, you may have saved my marriage. <laughs> if my marriage is in trouble because of trophies, we got bigger issues. <laughs> and for our listeners, you've been listening to uh, Ashley Good from Ashley Organizes, and she can be found in keeping with her sense of minimalism. She can be found her at uh, more information at ashleyorganizes.com. Thank you so much for your time, madam. I look forward to hopefully having you return to Aging with Grace 55 Thank plus. Thank you, I appreciate it. I always love spending time with you. With thanks to our guests, Ashley Good from Ashley Organizes and Bob Hill, that's it for another edition of Aging with Grace 55 plus. I trust you enjoyed listening to our guests as much as I enjoyed interviewing both of them. This series is sponsored by AARP Kentucky, Today's Transitions, and DPL Financial Partners. DPL Financial is committed to strengthening financial plans with powerful products delivering value for advisors and clients alike. For more information, visit dplfp.com. Drop me a line as I'd love to hear from you. Please send it to D-A-L-E at A-W-G-55.com. Remember, aging is not a time of diminishment, but the application of lessons taught by some of our best teachers, including experience. And now, the last thought of the day from James Clear, author of the book Atomic Habits. Clear writes, good habits make time your ally." Bad habits make time your enemy. So until next time, this has been your host, Dale Josie of Aging with Grace 55 Plus. Mm-hmm.